0: Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> That's
1: cute glams if you love los angeles be sure to tell a friend about our podcast and don't forget our hotline call us at 424-341-0426 share with us your product recommendations guest suggestions or really anything you want us to know you can even send us a text again that's 424-341-0426 write in or call us and you may be featured on a future episode
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: We got another Capricorn in the house.
1: Apologies in advance because literally I think the whole time we're just laughing out loud.
0: The entirety of the episode. It just was such a good combo. One, because Ali Maki is a dear friend of the both of ours. Two, because she's a Capricorn. So we're all on the same wavelength. And three, our dreams when we were growing up, like we basically wanted to be Ali Maki growing up.
1: She was living the life that I had aspired.
0: She was living our dreams.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And it's just deeply upsetting that that was not my
0: life. And also shocking because like, I just didn't know. I didn't know that she was part of the young actors living in, what is the neighborhood called? It's this very iconic place. It's like in
1: the valley. I can't remember, but it's like a rite of passage. Like you stay at these apartments. God, y'all, I know some of you are just on the tip of your tongue. You know what this, and she mentions it, but like anybody that's anybody stayed at these apartments at one point. (laughs) If you were acting
0: as a teenager in Hollywood.
1: Correct. And what is the official title? I always say it's AAPI month, but it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Okay. Okay. We're celebrating the heritage. Our love, my lovely co-host, Sarah Tan and of Ali Maki and many of you that are listeners. This is your month. Yes. Celebrate it. Embrace your heritage.
0: We are. We're stepping into it. One of the reasons why we love Ali is because she is the founder of Asian American Girl Club, which has just like become one of the biggest movement for Asian American women in media, in entertainment, for millennial women, for Gen Z women. It's just incredible what she's built. She just basically wanted to start a club for people to, you know, be able to talk and relate to one another and also sell cute merch. And then it's just become this huge thing. Allie's like being invited by the White House. It's incredible what she's been able to do on top of being the voice of Giggle McDimples in Toy Story 4. She's on Wrecked. She was on New Girl. She's in Hacks season one and two, which you can stream
1: season two now. This is the thing about Allie she was essentially the third Heim sister because she was in a yes. band, the Valley Girls, with like two of the Heims. Did you see that lie detector test that Elizabeth Olsen did recently? No,
0: but I saw the headline. I wanted to click. I just didn't have time. Tell me about it.
1: So Elena Haim or is it Alana Haim? I can't remember, but she's the lead in Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. which it's like a very L.A. movie. I have mixed feelings about the movie in general. Not Same. like y'all need my um, take. I'm not Siskel and Ebert here. But anyways, <laughs> Tan and Johnson over here. <laughs> so Alana Haim is the lead. And then her sisters, Danielle and Este are featured in it as her sisters in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't have a ton of screen time. But while Elizabeth Olsen was doing press for The Multiverse of Madness, they did a lie detector test, as they do on Vanity Fair. And they show her a picture of Danielle Heim, who I guess in the past she had said, like, is just one of the coolest people and she's intimidated by her. And I'm guessing they went to high school together. This is the vibe I'm getting. Because, you know, Elizabeth Olsen little sister to mary kate and ashley like they grew up in la she grew up as a child actor so did the himes the himes grew up in la as evidenced by ali Mackie being in
0: a group with them
1: yes and so when they slip her the photo of danielle they ask her like do you think you're a better actress than danielle and she like kind of laughs and is like well yeah and i would hope like danielle would say the same danielle was recently
0: in licorice pizza yes Do you think you're a better actor than her? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
1: Sorry, Danielle. (laughs) I hope she'd agree. (laughs) But then they're like, but do you think that she was good in the movie? And that's when it gets awkward because she was like, she was fine. Did you see Licorice Pizza?
0: I did. And you didn't think she was very good? (laughs) No, I loved the film and I thought she was great in it, but she didn't have to do much. She's lying about the film. What do you mean? You're lying. About what? Liking the film? That's correct. Oh, I did like the film. Or about her acting. Oh, yeah. She was fine. Fuck, man.
1: Sorry, Danielle. They put her on the spot in a really weird way. I don't think there was any, like, malintent there at all. But, like, if I were Elizabeth fucking Olsen, I would also say, yes, I am a better actor than yes. Danielle Heim, Who has two
0: minutes. Singer. Yeah, she's a better singer and guitar player than I am. Like, duh. I thought Danielle was fine in the movie. Yeah, she like, was I fine. Th- I thought she did like a great job for, I mean, maybe not acting a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's funny. So anyways, I was like laughing. I'm like, so then did Ally hang out with like Elizabeth Olsen and... Danielle Haim and like all these people, like how were they all related? We should have really gotten into like who's who, the six degrees of separation, but we didn't.
0: I mean, we talk about so many other delightful things. I hope that you all enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it because you will hear how much fun we had.
1: There was so much glee had, and we also want to know. Ali's not, you know, a typical guest we would have in terms of beauty, right? Like she's not launching a beauty brand. She's not like a beauty expert. Ambassador
0: for like a brand.
1: But we love this type of stuff. So we wanna know if you guys enjoy it too. Do you guys want guests coming on that just kind of share their beauty routines, but then you also kind of get to know them on a deeper level? Please let us know if you like that or you want us just to stick to the experts. We can do that too.
0: Kirby, how long have we been trying to get this Capricorn Queen on Los Angeles? Okay, listen, we start off every episode
1: saying this. How long have we been trying? It makes us sound like we fail every time. Like (laughs) we've been trying, but
0: finally it happens. But it's not because we're not trying. It's because schedules permitting all of that. And Allie is one busy woman. You guys, I can't believe that I'm here with my Capricorn,
2: Los
1: Angeles fam. I am
2: so excited.
1: Capricorns unite, big Capricorn energy.
2: Truly, I mean, LeBron James'
0: birthday is the day after mine, so, you know, just saying. Just saying. Big energy in the house. The energy is so strong here. Well, thank you, Allie. We know you're like in the middle of a million things and we're so grateful that you made time for us. Obviously, we love you, but we start off every episode with a question called what's on your face. So can you share with us maybe, you know, one, two, three beauty products that you're currently obsessed with? It doesn't have to be all beauty either. If there is like something else that you're obsessed with, just share with us, please. We're so curious.
2: Yeah, So I am definitely on my SkinCeuticals kick right now. Um, I've been using the Discoloration Defense every night because the women in my family are really prone to hyperpigmentation. And I think it just goes back to my grandma, she grew up on a farm, my family was were sharecroppers back in the 30s and 40s before the war. And she would pick strawberries all day long like hunched over and so she would get these like dark spots all over her hands and like she had big dark spots on her faces. And so from the time I was born, like she would always tell me like, wear gloves and wear SPF, but she gets the same spots too. And I can start to see my myself getting them. So that has been my nightly must have because I'm determined to like stop them before they really start. So that would be one. Secondly, I got to talk about, I know you guys are fans, and we're all fans of Amy Liu and Tower 28, obviously, and it's Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, sunny days, like truly Yes, changed my life. And Asian American Girl Club, you know, we had an event when they were launching it. So I got to get like a nice color match. And Kieran Boddy, who you guys are friends with, you've had Kieran on the pod, right? I think. No, we haven't. But she's incredible. We love her. Yeah, we're big fans of her. She's incredible. And she's one of, you know, my makeup artists as well. And she developed all of the colors for this. And I mean, they're just so inclusive and just right on the money. And every time I put it on, that's really all I need. I rarely wear foundation anymore, just because during the pandemic and when I'm not working on set, it's just nice to have like a very clean, natural face.
0: Okay, but also like, Ali, your skin is like flawless in person. It's like very, very immaculate. Listen, you two Asians, (laughs) I need y'all to (laughs) shut the hell up. I'm sick and tired of this. No, Allie's skin is on another level than mine. No, I'm so
1: tired of this narrative that she's pushing, that she has bad skin. Talk to me when you become a white
0: woman, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me when you become a white woman, I'm dead. No, Kirby's skin is fucking flawless. (laughs) And I know you work really hard at it, so it should be celebrated. Thanks, appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Every
2: time I watch Kirby's reels her stories I'm like first of all how are you so good at making content and secondly your skin is glowing every single time so it's because I don't have a
1: real job Allie that's why <laughs> the goal is hopefully get a real job and then I don't have to be
0: peddling myself on social media oh, you goodness. have a thousand real jobs oh my god what would everyone do if you got an actual real job though Live in a
1: peace and harmony without me talking about Jack Harlow and Justin Bieber every day. Maybe. I don't know.
2: Oh my gosh. I'm a really big believer, guys. So if we want to just talk about Bieber, I'm fine with that too. I could tell you what I really are for skincare to the Bieber concert if that's where we want to head in that direction. (laughs) We respect it.
0: That's niche. We love that.
1: Okay. So, Ali, what shade are you in Sunny Days? 25
0: Ocean Park. (gasps) Oh, Sarah, what are you? Do you remember? I don't remember. I think I'm Melrose. I was going to say, I think I'm Melrose because we like are often the same. Yeah. And I have to say for
1: sunny days, I worked with Amy when they were like starting like the launch strategy, like trying to figure out how to position the product because they were like, it's weird. It's like, it's a sunscreen, but it's also a coverage product. Like what direction should we go with it? And I remember being like, nervous because i'm like well how much of this foundation are you telling people to like put on their face because it's a sunscreen they need to put a lot of it on with the amount that i wear it's crazy how exact the color matches like it's like bonkers it's probably like the best color match coverage product i have ever tried like it's literally an exact match to my skin tone it's bizarre
0: and then it also matches me which is wild the sunless tanner really goes lengths <laughs> here okay okay <laughs> No, truly, that's
2: Kieran. That's what you do when Amy's so smart that she got, you know, an amazing makeup artist who's so well versed in working with different kinds of skin tones. And she just did a phenomenal job. I'm, I'm so impressed by this product. It's almost gone. And
0: I'm very, very sad. I'm going to have to buy it more. Oh, my gosh. Well, hopefully it's restocked because it's been out of stock for so long. <gasps> no, how do we get more guys?
1: <laughs> I actually think they just announced it was restocked, like, finally. Okay. Ugh.
0: I know people have been waiting just in time for summer.
1: Okay, Allie, so you have SkinCeuticals, you have Sunny Days, and then is there anything else? Yeah. Sticking with our
0: Asian American founders, we got to show some love to Tatcha. I love the dewy skin <laughs> cream. We love Daniel Martin. We're a Daniel Martin Stan household over here. Vicky, Cy, Stan as well. First of all, I mean, they're
2: just such inspiring humans. Have you met nicer people? I mean, Daniel is just such a love. Whenever I see him, I'm like, he just exudes positivity. And same with Vicky, too. They're just both such wonderful humans. I'm so inspired by Vicky's story, just, you know, her being CEO and just, you know, inspiring other, you know, female founders. It's just, they're just loves. And so I love the dewy skin cream. I use it every day. It, it just makes it so, so lush. Good. Perfect last step. It's just gorgeous. I have a thing with purple, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, their silk canvas sunscreen is really good. Yes. It's expensive as hell, but it's so good. Like I love wearing it. Um, And then I also Sarah and I talk about this. I feel like every third episode of this podcast, they had an original sunscreen that they did not promote like at all. Like there was not a big launch strategy behind it. This was years ago. It was blue. Yeah. What was it even called? I can't even remember. I think they discontinued it for this new sunscreen, but it's honestly, so it was one of the best sunscreens I had ever used. And I'm so sad that they didn't really like amp that up. They should have kept
0: it. They should have. Because it's different. It's different enough from the current one. But was it chemical? Was that why? I think it was a chemical sunscreen. And this one I think is, is it both? I think it's either both or more mineral. But either way, they're both good. But for my sunscreen preference, I preferred the original one. But it's okay. Well,
2: we can always... Make a call, you guys, and be on the request hotline.
0: That's maybe the first, like, critique I've ever had about Tatcha on the podcast. She's never said a negative thing (laughs) ever about Tatchas. Like, literally at some point, I'm like, are they paying you under the table? No, they're not actually paying me. (laughs) Kirby, is that why
2: you were laughing as soon as
0: I said Tatcha?
1: (laughs) I'm like, shocker. Sarah, I'm like, she probably paid Allie to talk about this (laughs) on her behalf. (laughs) Uh, No, I love Tatcha. I love Tatcha. But it's just like we have our things that we love and like Tatcha is like synonymous with Sarah, Jessica, Tan, Christensen. So that's how it works.
0: I can't help it. I can't help it. The thing is also is
2: I just appreciate the, the details with their packaging as well. Like the little spoon that goes on top and fits into the little ribbons and just, you know, I'm Japanese as well. I'm Japanese. So I just appreciate all of these beautiful things. I I remember they had the rice wash, which was based on Kiyomi, which was like an ancient kind of tradition of how women would wash their face with rice water. I just, I really appreciate it. It's such a nod to my heritage as well. So obviously like big fan, big fan all around.
0: I actually have a question, read Tatcha and like Vicky's inspiration of like geisha rituals. And there was some, you know, like people who would say like, if you are a real like Japanese person from a Japanese culture, like, you actually wouldn't look to like a geisha's ritual because geishas are sort of looked at as entertainment or, you know, would you disagree with that? Because I always felt like it was so beautiful, the storytelling of it all.
2: You know, I have really no idea.
0: <laughs> the thing is, is, I'm I'm fourth generation Japanese American. So to you, it's like a celebration of the culture, the brand. Yeah, absolutely. But I, d- I
2: certainly think that in general, Japan is like, just everything they do with skincare is going to be so well researched, so beautiful, so light. So I think the geishas probably had some really good techniques. I mean, I I think it, it makes sense why, why they had them.
0: <laughs> no, totally. And like anything you read, they always talk about how like their skin was porcelain and everything. So yeah, for sure. They knew what they were doing, especially with
1: the makeup that they, you know, had to apply. Like, I feel like that's like a testament to it too, for sure. Okay. Ali, I did my research and I know that you were scouted as a young teenager by a talent agent. I want to know more about this. Like, were you like in a mall and someone was like, you, you have it. You're a star. Like come to Hollywood also you sing. So were you like performing? Yeah. Like tell us how you got discovered. (laughs) This is star search. We want to know. Here we go. This is so funny. I dreamed about being
2: on star search. Oh my gosh. What a dream. No, I would definitely watch the Mickey mouse club, all those things and just dream about doing any of those open calls. But yes, I was scouted when I was 13 and a half and it was kind of similar, not in a mall, not as cliche as a mall parking lot or anything like that. But there was this woman that would go from city to city, all around the United States and go scout for kids. And she would hold these kind of like boot camps. And so I'm from Seattle. And so she had one in Seattle. And there was another friend, another family friend that was doing and she you know, it becomes kind of that like, Not like a pyramid scheme, but kind of where it's like one family will tell the next, like, you gotta come check out this, you know, kids boot camp. And so I went (laughs) and I did a little kids commercial. You know, they always, when you're a kid, they always make you read kids commercials, you know, like, or or whatever. No idea. Yeah you know, they call them sides and you read the kids' commercial sides. And then I I did a, you know, t- 24 count of Avril Lavigne's like skater boy or something like that saying, and she was like, oh, we love her. You got to come to LA. I mean, it really was that cheesy. And so, yeah, from then I moved out of my home at 14 and I moved to LA on my own and I lived with this manager for the rest of, I mean, I've been here ever since guys, like that, that is how I
0: moved to LA. You lived with a manager? I lived with a manager
2: and, you know, in my eyes, I was like, oh, I'm going to LA. You think of the Hollywood sign and, you know, I'm like 13 and I'm 14 years old. Get there. No, it's like you're in Santa Clarita in a condo (sighs) with 12 other kids. It's so hot. It's there's like two dogs. And it was just it was definitely not I don't think probably
0: legal and definitely not anything that would happen anymore. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. So it was like you were living in a kid's boot camp as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. And she would drive us to
2: auditions or she'd have the older kids drive the younger kids. And so one of the older kids was like my, you know, you know guardian for the day when I would go on set or whatever and
1: you know but I just thought I was I was living the dream guys and you know it, I always think about it and it's No this was my dream as a kid Allie like truly y'all you can't see us but I'm literally like mouth gaping
0: open like smile Sarah's like as a mother I'm scared yeah <laughs> Your parents must have just had so much trust in this manager and obviously believed in your talent that they were like yes I'm sending my daughter to live with this adult manager and 12 other kids and two dogs. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because throughout my whole entire life, people have always said like, how could your
2: parents let you, you know, go? And A, you know, my mom would call me, her nickname for me was the Mack truck because she's like, when I had an idea, when I had something in my mind, it was like, Full Mack truck, like you couldn't stop me. So that was a. But you know, they were so supportive of my acting, and you know, I was a really shy kid. I like did not speak, did not talk. And performing was my outlet. I started doing musical theater when I was like six, and they put me on stage, and I was this whole other person. I would sing and dance and be all these crazy characters, and my mom just couldn't figure it out. And she was like, "Oh wow, you know, that's something that you know brings something out of her." They were just such believers in me, and I'm so grateful for my parents, because it was so different than what you hear of Asian parents to be of like, not supportive of, you know, creative endeavors or creative careers, but they were always so supportive. And also, let's be real, this woman marketed it as a summer boot camp. It was like, hey, come out, you know, so uh, I think she was definitely had a a, a strong marketing (laughs) side to her (laughs) for all these
1: kids to come out. (laughs) Wait, okay, hold on. I freaking love this so much. Like, this is what little Kirby in Texas, like, wished happened to her, honestly. I knew you would. Like, this was the dream as a kid.
0: Were you guys also practicing dance routines and, like, monologues and stuff with each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, the whole bit.
1: Well, didn't you join a girl band? You were in a girl band, the Valley Girls. Yes.
0: Oh. My. Gosh. Esti, look at her hair. It's, like...
2: was sometime after the house. I keep finding myself in these very
1: interesting (laughs) situations. Allie, you essentially joined the real world when you were 14 years old. 12 strangers put in a house and then like
0: forced (laughs) to join making the band, essentially. I was gonna say and then you did making the band. So you were really living our dream. Like all of our favorite MTV shows. I mean, truly, I did this because I knew that one day
2: I'd be on Los Angeles and you guys would want to hear about
1: it. Correct. You went through it so we could be here today. We have, we have salute you. Yes.
2: You know what? I say if you grew up in the Valley in L.A., it's kind of like a rite of passage to be in some sort of put together girl group. And I was in one and we rehearsed in the Valley. We were put together by Lou Pearlman's other partners. I don't know the whole story, but... That weren't fraudulent? The non-fraudulent ones? Okay. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I can only say that they were somehow Legally. connected with with that. So we were put together, and I only auditioned because they said, we need somebody who can play the piano. And and I was like, oh, I grew up classically trained. And I get there, and <laughs> they're like, oh, no, we need you to play the guitar, And I was like... Well, I don't play the guitar. I might play the piano, and they're like, "Oh, it's the same thing." I'm like, "No, I, I don't think that it is." <laughs> so they just hand me this guitar, and I mean, I, I'm not even playing it. It's not even plugged in. And I,
1: you're not saying guitar like no country, like country. No, you're saying keytar literally. People, she's saying like a keyboard and a guitar melded together. Yes, a, a full on keytar. It's a
2: keyboard. In the shape yes. of a guitar. You remember like Robin Sparkles on- um, Yes,
0: oh, yes,
1: yes.
2: yes.
0: It's like that. So it's very, it's cool, but it wasn't what you were trained to do. No, I, I was like, I, I have no
2: idea what I'm doing, but you know, like- I'm, of course, like, just trying to do well in this because I'm like, oh, I'm in the band now, I guess, and I got, I got to play the guitar. So that was that, and it's funny because two of the girls that were in it are now, you know, amazing musicians. They're the Heim sisters um, who've gone on to great, obviously, musical genius status. Wait, you were with the Heim sisters? So the two of the other girls in the band were the Heim sisters. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: Kirby's Kirby's not going to make it through this, you guys. I how did I feel like I feel like I don't know you, Allie. I feel like before we hopped on here, I would say I knew you pretty well, but I feel like I don't know who you are. That song,
1: Cause I'm In It, is written by Allie. It's about the valley. Allie in the valley. Cause I'm in it. That's the high song. They wrote that about the Valley Girls. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah.
2: So the Valley Girls, guys, that was a big part of my
1: teenage life as well. How long were you in the band?
2: It was about maybe two years. And, you know, we were signed to Columbia Records. It was like we had the album all ready to go. and then MTV was filming this reality show about us. So they they would follow us around to all these things. Like we had a song on the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants soundtrack and the Trolls or whatever cartoons. And then MTV was like, oh, you know, we filmed the pilot. And they were like, well, we decided to pass on the show, guys, because we have another show that's very similar that we've been working on that we're going to go with instead. And it ended up being the Ashley Simpson show.
0: Oh, I loved that show.
2: Yeah, same. Very big <laughs> fan. But you know, it was like a us or, or her situation. And rightfully, it was her. And thank goodness, because after that, everything kind of fell apart. And, you know, I always wanted to be an actress. So I think it was, for me, it was always a good thing, because I, I didn't ever really want to be in the music business. And after that, it kind of just fell apart. And Ashley Simpson went off to have her show. And I went off to back to acting. And it was it was a great thing for everybody involved.
1: What did you learn makeup wise? Like, I think a good segue would be like, okay, so you move out to LA, you're in the boot camp, you're doing Valley Girls, like, did your manager teach you how to do makeup? Like, who was the
0: person that kind of taught you? Yeah, I'm like, imagining like, like Annie, like I'm picturing like be being, being really scrappy, like Annie with the other orphans. <laughs> Uh, I Meanwhile, I'm it. thinking of like
1: Hillary Dupp and Cadet Kelly like boot camp, just like I mean, I don't know.
2: Do we want to talk about makeup secrets from that time? Because I think it was just those little those little pots of gel that had the, the glitter in them and me just shoving them all over my eyes. Do you remember those big pots of goo that were just glitter goo?
0: And then the ones that you stack on top of each other. Where you they twisted on top of each other. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So for all of the people on here that are
2: looking for my makeup secrets, that was it. <laughs> the stackable glitter
0: pods, I guess you could say. But like, how did you prepare for like auditions and stuff? Like, I mean, obviously, you're young, so you don't want to do a lot of your makeup. But to Kirby's point, like, what were you instructed to do?
2: Well, so what's so funny is, you know, I, I credit my mom a lot to just my really, good skincare habits, because growing up, she would uh, buy all of the Avon products. And so she like loved Avon. And so it was something that her and I could do together it was like bond over skincare. And she was always from day one, she'd always be like, you have to use toner. You have, no matter what, you have to use toner. So still to this day, which I use my throwing another product in here, the Indie Lee CoQ10 toner is my jam. I just love it so much. But she just really put really good habits in me from day one of that. I always had to have toner and that I always had to follow kind of the steps and always moisturize and always SPF because of my grandma. Um, So I don't really think I did a lot of makeup because I was very, just very, very naive. And my mom didn't really wear any makeup either. It was always just purely about skincare for her. So as a kid, I really tried not to wear any makeup until I got to that certain age where I was like, oh, it's cool. And then I would just line my eyes with black, you know, and do a full smoky eye for the gods because that was what I thought was so beautiful. And
0: then obviously the the gel glitter pods, you guys, and the crimp hair. It is so crazy to me that we all grew up in different places and there was no social media, but we all... Did that black same eyeliner. black eyeliner around the entire rim of your eye, and then smoky eye or glitter to like the brow bone. Yes, all the way out, all the way out you guys
1: (laughs) i'm curious ali like were you encouraged to like because like obviously as we were growing up sarah talks about this a lot not seeing a lot of people that looked like her in tv and film and things like that i'm sure you feel very similarly were you encouraged to ever like alter your look to fit more of like quote unquote american girl standard like were you ever told make your hair blonde or they were like no you
0: have to be the token asian girl
2: yeah, so I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you, you know, when I was younger, I you know, I grew up in a predominantly, I would say, white town and so and I'm also fourth generation Japanese American. So I grew up here, I was born here, my parents were born here, my grandparents were born here. So I really just think of myself as, you know, your all-American girl and growing up I really I'd watch TGIF. I, you know, go see Tiger Beat and all of the quiz answers would go to like you know, a blonde or brunette. And then I, you know, I really thought I was Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And I was like, I'm just gonna go to LA and I'm gonna do exactly all those rules, like you're California girl. And then I get there and it was, that was when I think all of these boxes were set around me of like, oh no, you can't play that. Like you're gonna be the best friend or you're a ninja or you have an accent or you like math. And that was extraordinarily confusing for me because I was like, but I, I I don't know how to do any of those things. And, I, and that's not really who I am. So I think, you know, that started to develop this kind of identity crisis of, and I know, I don't know, Sarah, you can relate, but I wanted to be at Hollister and I wanted to have blonde hair. And I would always be like, wait, can I have contacts? And I wish my eyes were bigger and I wish my features were bigger. And I wish I didn't have such small lips, you know, just you just really tear yourself apart, I think, as a person of color, because you don't see yourself represented in any magazines as saying that you're beautiful, you know? And I think it's so sad to look back now at what my concept of beauty was and how it was so altered and dysfunctional and still trying to kind of reconcile with that. And I'm in my thirties, you know, it's like every day learning how to love myself and, and look at, the features that I have as beautiful. And I think that's, you know, of course, that's what Asian American Girl Club is all about, too, is kind of redefining all of these things that I grew up and we were inundated with when we were like 14 years old. So certainly and being on set never having an Asian American makeup artist, because it does make a difference.
0: That's like one of my questions, actually. I don't think I met a makeup artist or had my makeup done by anyone who actually understood how to do makeup on my features until I was like, after college, for sure. Like it was like, it took forever. And so my question for you, like, you know, you being in the makeup chair for so long, I'm sure there were so many makeup artists you worked with who just like, couldn't match you. They just didn't know how they couldn't do makeup on your eye shape. So when do you feel like that changed? Like, how did you find your people? Did you have to, like, teach yourself how to do makeup on your own features? Yeah, I think it was just a ton of trial and error. I mean, yeah,
2: like you said, I've been working on sets since I was a kid. And so there's certainly back then was virtually little to none representation on the screen. But, you know, in behind the scenes as well, like you're saying, in the makeup chair and all of these things. So it really was trial and error. And in the beginning, I had no idea how to stand up for myself, as I think most people didn't, because you don't even know it. You don't even know what you're missing because it's not there. So how would we even know how to speak up for ourselves? So I think it was just over and over just recognizing, wait, how come when it's on me, it doesn't look right? Classic example is people would always put a full strip on my eyes. And we know now that it, you know Asian eyes you either have to find ones that are more petite sized or you have to cut off the ends. And I remember I was just mortified. I did a carpet when I was when I was younger and I was so excited. You know, I dressed myself, I had this little red dress on, and then I get to the carpet and the inside corners are both completely fallen off. Like you can see the lash like coming off of the skin. And I'm young and my you know, my friends at the time were like, Oh my gosh, like that's so embarrassing, you know, and it's like still something so shameful and it's like but I didn't have the knowledge or even the perspective to say anything at the time of like, oh, I think that might be, you know, not the right size for my eyes or, you know, you know, whatever. So it's just, it's trial and error over and over again of having those embarrassing moments and then saying, you know what, that's never going to happen again, because I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm going to say something. But beyond that, I think just this influx of these amazing Asian American founded brands that are obviously founded by people we love and have such great intentions and they're bringing their heritage and their story to it is just so wonderful. And I learned so much from them. Like every time, like P just called me right before this Priscilla Sai, who is the founder of Coco And I was like, I'm about to do Los Angeles. And anytime I can glean any sort of knowledge from these people, I'm always like, what should I be using? You know, I'm not afraid to ask questions, especially in the makeup chair now. It's my kind of tradition that anytime I'm in the makeup chair and I have a makeup artist that's just bomb.com and knows what's going on, I say, can I please take pictures of this? Because I will forget, you know, what is this? What are you using? Making sure to ask those questions. Because like, you know, they're the people that have such great knowledge.
1: Do you feel like you're seeing more on set like a diverse group of hair and makeup teams versus the way it was when you first got started? Or do you think there's still like a long ways to go? Or is there like a difference between doing, I mean, I don't know, like, you're on hacks, right? Is there a difference between like working with HBO versus like another network like Fox or something like that. Give us the tea. Is it like <laughs> HBO Max knows about diversity? <laughs> Give you the tea. Ah, I love that. Th- this
2: is the big headline of the day. What is HBO Max's makeup <laughs> artist like?
1: <laughs> That's the name of this episode.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, knowing that Donnie Davy is leading Euphoria over there, I can only expect that the HBO makeup departments are pretty good. No, I, they know what's up. I think they know what's going on, but I don't know. So Allie, please. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> and this is just so fun. And I, I'm
2: just <laughs> laughing so much. I'm sorry. This is just to everyone who's listening. This is just 45 minutes of me straight up laughing because I just adore these ladies so much. Okay. I will say that in terms of glam and red carpets, I feel so empowered because there are so many amazing artists and choices. And, you know, when it comes to that side of things, We have the luxury of being able to choose. Like I can call Kieran or I can call Alan, who I love, or, you know, Daniel and be able to work with them one-on-one and learn so much from them. When you go on set, it's kind of a mixed bag, right? You're just showing up and you have no idea what you're walking into. But I will say that everyone I've worked with in the past few years, no matter what, if they're Asian or not, which most of the time they are not, which is still such a, a thing that we need to work on, is... I would say that everyone is so mindful now. Like, they make sure to ask me the questions, like, is what are you comfortable with? Is there something that I can do that's, you know, that you're comfortable with or that you, that you like to do? So I would say that everyone is so mindful now, and I think that is so beautiful. I think everyone is obviously so putting inclusivity first and representation, so that's lovely and wonderful. I have not had a problem in the last few years, so thank goodness. And I'm so proud to say that I just wrapped on my new Apple TV show that's coming out later this year. And we had, I would say, 95% an all-Black hair and makeup crew, which was phenomenal and wonderful. And I just had the best time. And I will say, my hair and makeup looked bomb. It was just, it it was wonderful. It was just so great. And I was just so proud of
0: that. This was in Atlanta, right, Allie? Yeah, and they just,
2: it, they were so talented, so talented. So I love to see that kind of representation uh, behind the scenes. So, so excited about that.
0: Okay, so like what might people not know about on-camera TV, film, makeup that they might find surprising?
2: <gasps> they might find surprising. Ooh, well, I always think it's surprising just how much you can see. It is so HD. It is so up close. I mean, when you think about if you're at the, you go to the movies, your face is going to be huge, ginormous. So I think the way obviously we do makeup on set is going to be so different than obviously if you're doing glam or even just day-to-day makeup, they definitely always have to use all of the great HD makeup. And it's always going to be, I think everything's gearing more towards natural which I love. I think it works so well. It looks beautiful, keeping it natural always,
1: but I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think if there's anything that would
2: surprise people. I guess just that.
1: What do you pick up from like sitting in the makeup chair and seeing what's out on the table? Like obviously consumers can go to places like Ulta or Sephora or wherever they please and pick up these more mainstream consumer brands, right? If you go to like a Namie's or a Nigel's, like I love going with my makeup artist friends to these beauty supply stores here in LA where A, these artists get discounts because of how often they're having to stock their kits. But B, like you're learning about brands that they don't have like huge marketing budgets. They are like the on-set Brands like RCMA is one of them, Ben Nye. So is there anything that you've kind of picked up on? Like, oh, okay, this is like the brand that's consistently used on me when I'm about to walk onto set.
2: I would say in the last show I did, they used the Makeup Forever HD Foundation, which I would say is the same thing that they used when I was 14 years old. Like that's the one constant that I've seen is that they're gonna probably put you in Makeup Forever (laughs) HD Foundation, which obviously means that it works so well for on-camera and they're doing something so great and so right there. What I think is so awesome, what I've seen in the last few years, especially on this last show I did, is how fun that the trendy brands are kind of coming in too, mixed with these kind of more long-standing on-camera ones like, like the Ben Nye's, like the Makeup Forevers. Like we were using Rare Beauty on from one of my looks, which I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't expect that. My signature lip color for my character that I wore in every single episode of the Big Door Prize, which is the Apple TV show, was an Honest Beauty lip color, which I was like, oh my gosh, I never expected in a million years to be on set and using Rare Beauty, Honest Beauty, Fenty Beauty they used as well, which I I thought that was really cool to see these brands on set because that's not been something I've seen in the last few years. It's just kind of been popping up, which I think is so cool, the merging of the two together. It creates a really... Just beautiful look, I think, for on screen or just in real life. I was interviewing the makeup head of
1: Minx. Have you seen Minx?
2: <gasps> yes. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I've, I've seen the trailer. It looks really
1: fun. Okay. You are going to love it. It's like one of my favorite shows. Allie, let me tell you. So there's a whole super cut of legit peens in the first episode. It's like every penis type you can imagine. It's featured. Okay. Legit peens. I love you Say legit peens. <laughs> And I say legit peens because not prosthetic peens, which have become very, very popular on tv shows now
0: oh these are real these are people's real penises
1: these are actual real people's peens. real penises in that super
0: cut however there are
1: penis shots throughout the show and those are prosthetics and i'll have you know i'm meeting with the man because there's one man that makes all these penis prosthetics i'm meeting with him on thursday <gasps> to go to his little penis shop and see all the penis. like it is wild times for the podcast Well, maybe at some point, but like, uh, this is for something else. But like Carly, her name's Carly Herbert, was saying that she's been using products like Kosas. There was like a brand that focuses on like on vivid colors that she was utilizing more of. And she's like, yeah, they're like more mainstream. They're not like these underground, specifically made for film and TV sets. For the peens, like to look like flesh?
0: (laughs) Or no, just like
1: no no because she she's the makeup artist head right so she's the one
0: that's applying the penises but then also doing the makeup yeah i was gonna say ex ec- former co-star jess jake marlowe
1: johnson. Oh. oh oh so i was saying jake johnson because she was in an episode of new girl oh that's Arise. right oh my god yes. you were. oh
0: my god i forgot about
2: that that's the best that you guys said that at the same time Jake Johnson, Jessica Lowe, that's so
1: funny. Okay, so Jess, wait, what about Jess Marlowe? What do you mean? Because you were on wreck together.
2: Yes, she was on Wrecked. Jessica Lowe was on Wrecked.
1: Oh my God. Okay, I didn't realize she was on I thought this was like her first thing. I didn't realize that this was, Minx is
0: not her first rodeo. Okay. Which, by the way, I have been DMing with Jess and we're going to get her on because she is like a skincare obsessed, like, yeah. So we're going to get her on. Anyways. I will say, she will know. Yes, she will know. Oh my God. I love it. I
1: love it. Okay. So anyways, that's the reason why I asked, but I love that you're talking about like how like Rare Beauty's getting involved. I remember like Glossier did a big push around the Emmys one year where they like had a Glossier Jeep and went to all the makeup artists on set and like gifted them a bunch of products to be like, use this.
0: That's like a job now. Like our friend Caroline Rogers, like her job is to get the makeup in the hands of these people who work in makeup departments. So yeah, th- I love that. That's so smart. I'm just like laughing because we went from like, I don't even know what to like peens. And I'm just, I love, the- I love this episode We've so done much. The-
2: <laughs> full like three sixty here, you
0: guys. Full Monty, if you
1: will. Full, the full, the full Monty. Before we get into your magnum opus, I wanted to ask real quick: Is there anything skincare wise that you won't do before a big shoot? Like, is there like absolutely not no retinol? What do you stay away from?
2: Yeah, I really am freaked out about doing anything before anything. Like truly, I, I actually just did a red carpet yesterday and. I was getting my nails done. And the woman is like looking at me and she's like, your brows are all messed up. You need to get them done right now. She like talked to me in, I was oh, my feet no. were in the water, my feet were in the water getting a pedicure. And somehow she got me to put my shoes back on, get up and, and go wax my brows in this random nail shop. and Yesterday when we make was just like, Allie, how did you get this to happen? I was like, I don't know. I'm a people pleaser.
0: Did you have like irritation?
2: I had full irritation. I was itchy and, you know, of course I could cover it, but it was more like the itchy. And then that was the night I was wearing full leather gloves. So I couldn't itch it. So I was the whole time I would grab like Trav's finger and have him like help itch the area around my brows. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why, why did it? And she also trimmed them without asking me and so they got a little haircut and amazing alan avandano who's my makeup artist was like what did you do what why how how your feet were in the water why would you take your feet out of the water i was like i don't know i don't know i
0: just felt like it was my mother or something being like you know like (laughs) no totally no those women that work in the salon are very convincing they know how to get you and when someone tells you that you need something because you you're like, oh, yeah, OK, <laughs> great. Well If it's that bad, if you're noticing this uh, from afar. So, uh, I, I, yes.
2: And I so I love that you asked that, because that's why I say I have learned as of yesterday not to do anything because I told them over and over. I was like, I was like, you can wax. Just don't change any of the shape. Please just of course. Yes, we'll just get the extra strays. And I was like, okay. And the first thing you do, take a scissor, blah, like chop them half off. I was like, <gasps> my years of growth. My years of growth. So if you can if you can tell me a good brow serum, guys, after this, I would be very appreciative of that. Los Angeles community, please help your girl out. Yes. Los Angeles community. <laughs> the, 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 the Glamgelinos, right? Glam Please help your sister out.
0: (laughs) Okay, we're coming to the end, but we would be remiss if we did not talk about Asian American Girl Club, especially during this month. Um, Can you just share more about AGC and like how we can follow, how our listeners can follow and support? Where can we find you? Anything exciting that you're working on? And may I just
2: first say that, Asian American Girl Club would not be what it is without the one and only Sarah Tan. And it's so important that we do shout you out, Sarah, because from day one, you have just been such an advocate and somebody that amplifies everybody. And and the way you do it is with such great energy and just an amazing spirit. Like I think last year, you guys talked about AAGC and I was just, I was like weeping listening to it because you're just both of you are just such incredible people. And I'm I'm just so honored to be here. But I wanted to make sure to to say that Sarah, like you're such a big part of AGC and everything that's gone on with it. So thank you so much.
0: Well, like whether you like it or not, I basically forced myself onto Allie. Like I was like, (laughs) I'm gonna be a part of this, (laughs) by the way.
2: A hundred percent. And you will never go anywhere, like truly ride or die till the end. But yeah, I mean, Asian American Girl Club is just such a big part of of my heart. And it, I don't want to say it happened by accident because it, it really didn't. It's been just a lifelong of, you know, the trials and tribulations of growing up in the business and, you know, coming to an industry that really had zero representation at the time. It really was after Crazy Rich Asians came out that the morning it came out, Twitter was just an influx of support and love for this, the first time all Asian American cast for a movie that was crushing in the box office. And I just remember just scrolling and just having that same kind of emotional reaction of like, what's happening? I had no, I I just couldn't imagine that this would ever happen, especially being in this industry for so long. So it was very much this glass shattering moment of, Instantly, I just thought, wow, if this is possible, what else is possible for us as a community? And I instantly just went to Asian American women because, you know, growing up in the industry, I found it so sad that all of the Asian actresses were so separate from each other. Like, we were just like, n- no one was friends, no one really supported each other. And I get it because it was that very much Hunger Games mentality of there's only room for one, and you'll be lucky if there's even one. So, you know, beat each other up for it, you know, which is, I realize now is such a terrible kind of way of looking at things and something that kept us so separate. And I found it so sad that I, throughout my whole life, never had any real Asian American female friends. I just couldn't get this name out of my head, Asian American Girl Club, Asian American Girl Club. And so one night, my fiance and another friend, she's like, just launch it, just, just launch it. And that went very much against my perfectionistic, like five-year plan of what is it? I have to know what it is before. And, and I was like, all right. And, and just launched in an Instagram as a logo. And, you know, I always, I always tell the story, but truly the next day it was like, our inbox and email and the DMs were just flooded with messages from girls all over the country and now all over the world overnight somehow writing these like college style dissertation essays about their identity and how they have no idea what this is either, but that they want this to exist and what is it and how can they be a part? And so just from day one, it's been this very organic thing of, we don't know what it is, but all that we know is that we need this so badly. And there's so many women and allies across the world that resonate with this in some way that haven't felt seen that haven't felt heard um, and didn't have that community of other women that looked and felt like them and the club aspect of it is is super important to me of that. You know, I was that Asian girl who was in all of the activities. That my mom put me in Brownies, Tap, Girl Scouts, you know, musical theater, everything. And I quit all of them. And I defined myself as a quitter. And I really couldn't understand why. But looking back, I, I really realized now that it was because I never felt like there was anyone that, looked like me or had that kind of same shared depth of experience and identity. So I wanted to redefine what a club could look and feel like for me and other people that may feel that same way of feeling excluded in something that is designed to be inclusive. So that's kind of why I felt like having the club aspect of the name in it is just to kind of go back of what would our 14-year-old self want and need. So I'm just so proud of it. I'm so proud to have met amazing women like you and you know, so many of our AAGC community. And, you know, there's really no stopping us now. And we've always been here and we ain't going anywhere, but just continuing to grow.
1: Ah!
0: Oh my God. Mic drop. No, Allie, you're incredible. And I'm so grateful that you have let me be a part of the club and just like an awe that you're able to even do what you do on top of everything else and, you know, how you have just committed yourself and, like, the representation of Asian-American women, like, on the internet, on social media, like, in media, uh, so much of it stems back to you. Like, you may not realize that, but you are doing such incredible work, and um, it's just, like, I hope you realize that.
2: Oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. And one thing I will say about that is, one of the goals of AGC is I remember one time I was looking up maybe a hashtag on Google, like Asian women or Asian girls. And the images that came up was a lot, mostly over-sexualization and fetishization of Asian women. And and that was something on that day that I was like, what if we could Google ourselves or what if we could put in this hashtag and what I believe Asian women, what I know and believe Asian women to be are the most multifaceted, multi-talented, beautiful, like leaders of companies just across every industry doing incredible things. And that's what I want to see represented when you look up the hashtag or when you're looking up, you know, this community, that's what I want people to see. Not, you know, this over-sexualization of what, you know, we really need to work hard to crash down. So that makes me so happy that you say that, Sarah.
0: So happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, can't wait to see what else is in store for AGC and to thanking Kirby for being our best ally. We need to get you some merch, Kirby. Yes. (laughs) But is that weird? Because like (laughs) I'm not Asian. So I
1: don't want people to be like, okay, you crazy white Karen claiming, claiming another person's space. Like I don't know if I can do that but i'm I'm happy to support I'm here I'm offering hugs and and a, a, a ear and my my support to everybody's
2: comfortability but people always ask like I'm not Asian, but I really want to rep it her. I'm like of course like it's not just for Asian American people to wear it's like that's where our tagline is you know made is created by us but made for all and you know allies okay, okay. Are, are so
1: important to this I'm like, I'm like is Sarah setting me up for a cancellation <laughs> I'm just I, I'm scared no. and i'm I'm running for the hills, but I'm here. I'm
0: here to support. Oh I would happily wear anything y'all told me to. We'll get you, we'll get you the ones that say AGC. Like it doesn't spell it out and then it'll be a convert it'll be a conversation starter. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm like, "No, I'm an
1: ally." And then other people will be like, "Wow, you're insufferable because you're being you're promoting that you're an ally." Okay. <laughs> Speaking of allies, Ally because uh, it's, it's yeah. okay. No, love it's it. not spelled. this. Okay. I it's whatever. It. Okay. I love Here we that. go. We're going to get into our slow burn round. Okay. 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 Sarah,
0: you go. I know this is going to be really difficult because you're friends with so many, but what's your favorite API beauty brand? Oh, oh, no. She chose violence. On um, this month that is meant to unite us. Okay. Like the first one where you were like, oh my God, I feel seen. This is a major brand. Okay. Well,
2: I'll just have to go with Tatcha
0: for this one. It's a good one. Okay.
1: So growing up in the Valley with Ali, like who, I'm sure that you ran into like some of these children's stars that like maybe you still run into today. Like, is there anyone that you used to see back in the day at auditions or like, I don't know, boot camp that you you still remain friends with that are like still working today.
0: But who goes way
1: back? The Oakwoods, Shia LaBeouf. If you don't know what the Oakwoods is, <laughs> the Oakwoods. Oh my God, the Oakwoods. I was going to bring this up, Allie. I was going to bring this up because I was like, isn't there a name for them? Like when you're staying in those like apartments, it's like the Oakwood Apartments. Okay, but that was like the cool kids would all be the Oakwoods. We were like,
2: you know, the not cool I mean, it was just we were like the side of the Oakwoods, you know. Oakwood adjacent. Oakwood adjacent. Yeah, Oakwood adjacent. So we would always go to their clubhouse and try to and then one day I saw Shia LaBeouf there and I nearly died. And, you know, because this is like even Stevens era of things. So this is crazy. But there was also at the time an under eighteen club that it was like Britney Spears, Hillary Duff, like they would all be there every Saturday night. Like that was the Mecca of where they would be. It was at Hollywood and
0: Highland. I don't know if it still exists. It probably doesn't because that seems- Oh my God, wait. I used to, we went there once when I was in high school. What was it called? Really? I think it had a few different names or maybe it was always the same. I can't remember. Because like Kiss FM would like, promote it sometimes I can't remember what it was called yes yeah
1: you'll hear a radio commercial about it (laughs) on that note Allie as you got older what were the hot clubs that you went to in Hollywood like what were the hot spots you guys we have Asian Marvel Club but like this girl is not a club girl I'm like did you go to my house did you go to Ledoux like where did you go like anywhere Hyde was not Hyde Hyde. True was in West
2: Hollywood. That was before my time. There's so many I I did go through an era of time, but uh, it sounds like a club.
1: Yeah. (laughs) When I first moved to LA. It was like literally Oh, do you want to go to my house? And I'd be like, Yeah, sure. And then we'd be like, at a club. And I'm like, Where the? I'm like, No, I thought we were going literally to a house. And John Mayer was literally always at my house, not like my literal house, but like at the club. But obviously, at the club. He was always
0: there, and we were always like that man on the prowl. Always. Wow. We I we need a part two of this, but moving on. What makeup artist makes you feel and look the most beautiful?
2: I have to give this one to Alan Avendano. Because he's just so funny. You if you haven't had Alan on the pod, I,
0: I'm just here to recruit people, future guests. Well, I really want him to like do it. He does like Vanessa Hudgens makeup, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. He's like extremely talented. I need him to look at my face and tell me what to do.
2: Oh, he's hilarious. I mean, yesterday he just Thera Gunned my what's it called? Theraface. Yes. yes, they're a face. It's very nice. I mean, it was. it's a little, 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 little but it felt great. And then there's a cooling one too. So I'd, I'd recommend that. But he is the funniest person. So I would say I like to keep people around me that before we do press and stuff, it, it gets me like in a good energy, like feeling fun and, you know, all the things. So he does that for sure. And also
1: makes you look bomb. So I want to know who have you worked with? Do you think is like the nicest person that you've ever been on set with.
2: The nicest person. There's so many. There's so many nice people. Oh, this is so fun. I'm only thinking of him because we're been,
1: we've been talking about the early 2000s, but I love JC Chazé. Are you fucking kidding me, Allie? Allie, I'm going, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, done. I'm, She's really She's I'm done. She's gone. She's gone. What do you
0: mean? I meant to text Patrick and be like, if you need an in for this, like, serenade proposal with Allie, you got to ask Allie. If and when Patrick proposes to me, I'm only saying yes, if
1: JC Shazay is there performing this, I promise you in Spanish. So if that doesn't happen, immediate, no, it's not, it's not going through. I'm not doing it. Wait.
0: You guys, I didn't
1: actually know that this was like, oh my gosh.
0: I like wanted to text, but I also, I was like, I don't want Patrick to, I don't want to step on his toes. But now this is, now the episode's out. So here we go. He can hear it and hear for himself.
1: Ali, we are going to offline about my very crazy obsession. To this day, I'm literally like, please put out some kind of standards album Put out a Christmas album. I don't really care. Justice for J.C. Shazay. I need his beautiful voice in my ears.
0: Allie, were you also a J.C. fan? I was not. I wasn't really as into the boy bands, I will say. Because you were in a band. And you were a cool girl. You were cool cool girl. We were not. Kirby and I were like, we're J.C. fans. So I thought maybe that that was like a connection with us. That's OK. Because you're actually friends with him. No, I mean I was like obsessed with Lil Bow Wow. Like I I just
2: <laughs> that was my Yeah. <laughs> and cut. And we're done. Um And that's the end. But I will say he is such a love he's an amazing
1: person. So Hold on, hold on. Wait. So you said that you worked with him on set? No, no, I did not work with him on set.
2: I honestly don't even know why he it was the first person that came to my mind. I think because we're talking about all these bands and the early 2000s
1: do you understand my favorite my favorite number is eight because his birthday is eight, August eighth? That's that's literally like since I was 12 years old, it's been my favorite number because of this. Maybe man.
0: he'll come on the pod for our anniversary.
1: Maybe he'll sing us a song, Sarah? If tell him call to call the hotline, Allie. I swear to God, if it was just like Kirby and Sarah, this is JC Shazay. This I promise <laughs> you. Wait, what if I
2: just DM him and say Hey, like, cause I haven't seen him in ages. So, you know, we're not like super tight or anything, but I definitely like, you know, I could, what if I say they're your biggest fans and would you come on the podcast?
0: We love his thug appeal and we would absolutely (laughs) his 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 baggy jeans. Are you feeling my Tim's,
1: my baggy jeans? My my thug thug appeal. appeal? Yes, we are, JC. (laughs) We are still feeling the thug appeal to this day we have to move on this
0: is getting out of control this is gonna be like a forty-five 000 hour podcast okay what's your favorite place to bring people to L- in when they visit la like when guests come where do you bring them
2: oh i really i i just have a thing for the hollywood bowl
0: yes it's a good one
2: everything about it is always magic you get a little wine you get a little cheat you know it's a whole night it feels like i um, just like L.A. magic. I love it. It's like out of a movie. Can I say that the, one of the first times I ever went to Hollywood Bowl was for John Mayer? So. Where the light is. <gasps> you
1: went to that? Yes. It really pains me to see a person <sighs>
0: living Live the life I life. wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> like. From age fourteen, wow. No, like truly, like if Kirby could switch Freaky Friday, but
1: with Kirby and Kirby and Ally, just Uh, there we go.
0: Allie is combine me and your dreams in like one human.
2: It's so funny because I knew this because. Sarah, we were going to reschedule, and then and then Sarah's like, "Oh well, if Kirby won't be able to be here, and so, but that's fine too." And I was like, "Something's telling me." I was like, "No, I want the full experience.
1: I need Kirby to be there for some reason. Well, for all the reasons, but like, I wanted to be there." But I was like, "We got to cater to Allie. We got to get her on the pod. It has to happen." No,
0: this was meant to be.
1: This is the last question before we go, Allie. What show, if you could appear on any show, current or past? What show would you, would your dream role be on?
2: Everything is just going back to, early to the early 2000s. Because the one thing that brought up to my mind was that the one audition that I was devastated that I didn't get, that I got close to was the Jonas Brothers show on Disney Channel.
0: Yes. Do you yep. remember?
2: that There was the friend and I was, when I tell you I was devastated and crushed. It was, it was my first big like, I'm devastated over a role that I didn't get that that was it. I mean, all the answers are the only thing to think of is the early
0: 2000s. (laughs) Oh, my God. What if you were like Mrs. Joe Jonas? That could have been. I love Trav, though, forever and ever.
2: (laughs) Trav forever and ever. I don't need to be Miss Jonas. But, you know, wow, my life could have been really different. guys. The Valley Girls may not have existed, you know. Totally.
1: Giggle McDimples may not have existed. See, it all happened for a reason. You wouldn't be on Hacks on HBO Max. It's already live, y'all. Go check it out. Please. It's so funny. It's so funny. I honestly
2: think it's just getting even better and better, which is crazy to say because it was already hysterical. So funny. They're going on the road. They're going on the road. And by now, you'll probably have seen Kirby's
1: cowboy... Event pictures because <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be dressed like I'm going going to the roadhouse. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Okay, Ali, where can everybody find you online? You can follow me on Instagram at Ali
2: Maki, and you can follow along with Asian American Girl Club at at Asian Girl Club or AsianRandGirlClub.com. And we have a new launch that just came out. It is amazing. We have uh, rebranded the I'm From Here design. And we have some fun new colors of the logo shirt and a new bucket hat, you guys. A fun new tie-dye bucket hat, okay? I want the bucket hat. There we go. Shout out to Ted Fu. Shout out to Ted Fu. Can't <laughs> wait to see everyone and how they style all the new looks. It's going to be so cute. Um, but yeah, love you ladies so much.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news.
1: Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod
0: on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm
1: Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group.